0: Welcome to Headliner the Podcast, with your hosts, Stephen Heckberg and Philip Goudreau. Under the podcast, Phil Godrow Stephen Heckbert. We are back for Season 3. Can you believe it, Stephen?
1: I can believe it, Phil. It's uh, Although this one's been delayed a little bit by a variety of things. Hard to imagine what those could be. But always happy to be, the be back. The weather. Gotta be the weather. Gotta be the weather. Uh, always happy to be back with you, Phil, and talking about what's been happening in the news. I mean, uh, you know, where we are right now, there's, there's still really nothing happening in the news. But we have some things we should probably talk about and just bring a bit of light on on what are we seeing in the news and its coverage uh, that people should think about and understand as they as they read it?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think we decided uh, first off the top, it's been just over two years since the first case of COVID discovered in Canada, and the uh, two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah,
1: and, and and I will say this: like one of the challenges around this has been so many groups have taken advantage of COVID communications. To try to advance their own agenda, so I really want to talk about COVID and trust, mm-hmm. uh, because I think you know there's there's a couple of things that people have gotten right about COVID, and uh, let's talk about those in terms of communications around it. I, I do think from the very beginning this has been a challenging virus. It was mm-hmm. a it was a virus that we didn't know its full impact. We couldn't have understood sort of what it was going to do from a public health perspective. So I applaud those who reacted quite quickly. And I actually think that we probably in Canada and around the world reacted really appropriately in those cases. Now, we could argue whether Australia's method was the best one or whether China's method was the best one or what was the right way. That's not today's argument. Uh, What I want to talk about is that we ended up getting into, as we were managing COVID, a lot of groups seeing an opportunity through COVID to advance an agenda for themselves. And that's the part that I think I probably would say, uh, you you know, you and I should explore as part of this. Because I do think, as you've seen, there's been protests against some of those measures. Really? Uh, Yeah, I know. It's shocking. And I think part of the reason for that is people haven't always believed the messages they've heard because sometimes Mm -hmm. those messages have been coming from groups with a self-interest that they haven't identified, or people haven't identified that that's their self-interest talking. Okay, could you use an example? I can, in fact. This was a bit startling to me. So the CBC in Alberta uh, did a story, I think probably in uh, September or October of last year, and it was quite alarmist. So the president of the Alberta Nurses Union was their sole source, that nurses in Alberta were quitting en masse, and there was going to be a shortage of nurses, and it had nothing to do with vaccine mandates. It was just there's not enough nurses in Alberta, full stop, and there needs to be more nurses, and it's the government's fault that there isn't. And, of course, you're reading the news and you're, oh, my God, there is a, is there a shortage of nurses in Alberta? I hadn't mm-hmm. known that. Uh, and nowhere in the story did the CBC say to the nurse, or at least it was never reported, would the Alberta Nurses Union have any reason to want to say that there are not enough nurses working in Alberta? Mm -hmm. And that kind of critical question has to be the job of the media.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can remember a similar story actually happening in Kingston. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, hmm, because Opsu was making the rounds at that time and it seemed to be going from one community to another, making the same sort of case. And so I looked up like, when did the when's the next collective agreement for the local nurses? And sure enough, it had just expired a few months prior, and uh, they hadn't negotiated a new agreement yet. Wow, what a funny coincidence that there's a shortage
1: happening. And look, I'm I'm not I'm not blaming anyone. No, but one of the things that I think we were missing uh, as consumers of media or as consumers of news was, and e- and even if they then say. Yes, it's true we have a self-interest, but it's also true that we've put that self-interest aside and this actually is a crisis and it is a problem. Mm -hmm. Then no problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you can sort of claim that. But at least tell me that you know and I know that there's a self-interest behind the story you're telling. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the hospital sector is another good case of that. We have been shifting funds away and resources away from the hospital sector for the last number of years. We've been trying to sort of make healthcare much more sort of community center focused, all those sorts of things. So shockingly, of course, hospitals during COVID and during COVID treatment did not have enough resources. Happy to hear that. But but there was way too little critical analysis and critical coverage. There was so much blank acceptance from journalists, like a hospital CEO has said this, it must be true. We don't have enough critical care beds well, when have we ever had enough critical care beds, right? Like we've never had enough critical care beds from a hospital CEO's point of view because they would want enough critical care beds so we could close down long-term care facilities. Like, I mean, it's just, you always have to understand people's motivations for what they might want. And I'll flip it on this because I I think I want people to tell me about their motivations if the media doesn't ask. Sure. Because I want people to understand that trust in this was one of the places where I think we probably, in the public sector, failed people dramatically. Yeah. And, and it's
0: interesting, too, that there is research showing when you disclose your own self-interest, uh, sometimes it actually makes people believe your argument more readily as opposed to less. Right. Even, you know, the, there's some examples, especially in sales, right, where, you know, the salesperson is getting a commission and they disclose that to you, that you actually trust that person more and want to do business with them more. It doesn't make any sense. But uh, well, when does the human brain make sense? Right? I
1: actually think it makes a lot of sense. And I, yeah. I, I will say it's because an honest broker yeah. will tell you what they get out of the deal. An yep. honest broker will always sort of say, look, I wouldn't be involved in this if it weren't for some financial remuneration, or I wouldn't be involved in this if it weren't for some thing that I'm going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. So if a hospital CEO said to me, look, I know you're thinking I'm asking for more resources because I'm a hospital CEO. And I do ask for more resources because I'm a hospital CEO. But in this case, it's true. Yeah, We have a need. We have identified this need. When COVID is over, we will not have this need. I would a hundred percent trust that person more. Yeah. Instead, we got a whole bunch of coverage, none of which asked that question, yeah. none of which and, and no one volunteered it either. Uh, and so I could use hospitals as my example. I could use nurses and doctors unions as my example. And yeah. I am not in any way, by the way, for those of you about to send hate mail, I'm not criticizing frontline healthcare workers. No, nope. I'm not. This is about the organizations that supported them and work for them. Obviously, there were lots of exhausted people. There were lots of people who gave their all to try to fight this. Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, before I get uh, hate mail, you know, the vaccine mandates in healthcare uh, another controversial sort of one where um, and I think this is an example of those hospital CEOs not looking ahead and thinking maybe this is going to happen. Right. We need more staff. We need more resources. Okay, time to let those people go with reasons. Okay, not setting a good example, Uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, concerns about spreading COVID in the workplace, all those sorts of reasons, right? We have a shortage of workers. Okay, well, we need to get rid of those workers, and then some of them a couple months later. Okay, we need to welcome those workers back because we don't have enough workers. (laughs) There was a there was a story the other day about um, an exemption in the trucking industry. Uh, There you go Um, for truckers who were unvaccinated but were transporting. vaccinations and covid supplies <laughs> right
1: so, so and 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 look we, we could do a whole show on vaccine mandates yeah uh, i mean i always uh, you know my i always remind the students when we talk about this i'm like look here's people who for 18 months did not have a vaccine mm-hmm. and they were working and they were in fact you could argue they were putting themselves more in danger than anyone else was and then we come along with a vaccine and the first thing we tell them is you got through 18 months without it but now you have to take it. So so there's, there's there is a little bit of our own communications challenges yeah. that had we said once vaccines are available it will be our expectation that everyone who works for us will take it. Yeah. If we'd even sort of said that early on but that's a that's a topic for a different show and we're not doing that show in season 3. All right. That's a different show. Yeah. than for season 7.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking five. So Okay, so, five, okay. seven. Anyway.
1: An odd number for sure, though. Okay. We'll do it in an odd number. Uh, that will be an odd episode. So the only thing, I, and I just want to wrap up, uh, yeah. for at least my thoughts on this. So trust is hard won, easily lost. And and I think that the lessons I would take out of this, at least I would hope people take out of this from the, the pandemic, is let's at least question people's self-interest. Let's at least question why they would have a self-interest. And let's at least question whether that self-interest has influenced the communication that they have right now. Mm -hmm. And so whether you're in media or whether you're a critical reader of media, I want you to make sure that you understand Could there be a self-interest from this person? Have they declared it for themselves? And if they've declared it for themselves, does that make me trust this information more? Or does it make me trust this information less?
0: Yep, yep. And not to uh, reopen the topic, but, you know, uh, there are going to be some cases where they're not going to disclose their self-interest because it is going to undermine their argument. I think of the uh, recent firing of the uh, Ottawa police chief and the board chair coming out into media afterwards to say, well, you know, we really we had to do this. And and right. And this person is also running for mayor. There's a little bit of cover my own butt, I think. And let's make it look like it was the police chief's problem, not the board's problem, not my problem as board chair. Uh, And we well, we know how that turned out for her. She wasn't board chair for much longer after that topic for another day as well. Uh, When we come back in our next episodes, we're going to be talking about some recent tourists to Ottawa—they to obviously take advantage of the staycation tax credit, and uh,
1: which by the our way, lovely is nation's capital, incredibly generous from the Ford government. That's an incredibly uh, generous offer. Uh, you should take advantage of it this summer. Uh, oh, yeah. Stay in Ontario, travel in Ontario. Yeah, just not by truck. Right.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Headliner, the podcast. If you want to know more about how you can improve your organization's communication strategies, visit headlinerthebook.com. We'll see you next week.